Welcome. This is Carl's Roller Coaster Podcast. Throughout the world, Kiko has received highest rankings in countless polls as best guitarist and landed the front cover of major guitar magazines such as Young Guitar, Guitar Player and Guitar World. He also began to devote himself to studying and teaching music business, marketing and career development, speaking at major Brazilian cities for musicians and corporations. Father of three and a husband, in 2017, Kiko became the first Brazilian musician to receive a Grammy Award from the Recording Academy. Kiko, welcome to the roller coaster, my friend. Hey, Carl, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How's the weather in LA? Sunny and a very sunny uh, winter. And uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, to chat with you. Yes, yes, yes. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Last time we saw each other was, God, that was September last year, wasn't it? In oh yeah, I was in uh, in uh, New York. New uh, York. Just about yeah, just about to to play for the first time in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's right. And with Scorpions, um, you, you know, uh, yeah. was amazing. And then we had this uh, uh, this jogging or running uh, in the Central Park it was great. Yeah, you yeah. actually went. You really like <laughs> from from that. From those two days that we jogged in Central Park, you, you carried on running and you ended up like, I think, two weeks after that doing 21K on your own, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I have to thank you, you know, uh, publicly for that, you know, because after that two days, you know, I, you know, I, I, I broke my limits, you know, I, my mindset that I was only capable to run like 8K or 10K and then suddenly I was, you know, running 20, so it was... It's because of you, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank That's you. amazing. Yeah, no, my pleasure. It's great because we, I remember we talking about it while we were running that, um, well, you're trying to, you know, do 10, 12, 15, and then literally like a couple of weeks after that, you did 21. And then you messaged me saying, we got to plan and try to do a half marathon, you know, next year at some point. Yeah, yeah. But with your crazy yeah. schedule, you never know where you're going to be next. And yeah, it's impossible. It's you know, impossible. I do my own marathon, you know, <laughs> against me, you know, <laughs> just, just that. But actually, I did a 21 because also because I got lost. I was mm. in this city somewhere in the United States and I just got lost. And then I said, you know what, just got to keep running. Got to keep going. <laughs> until, I find, until I find the hotel back, you know. It's amazing. Find my way back to the hotel. Yeah. Have you, have but you, it was great. So then it was like I broke my, you know, your my limitation, record, yeah. you know, my mindset that it, it's impossible to run more than 10K or something, you know. My body will never survive or something like that. And suddenly I was like running 15, 17, 20. And uh, it's wholly like a mind thing, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Right. And your, bo your body just follows it. I was yeah. just talking yesterday to this guy. It's completely insane, you know, like racing those 100 milers in like the big, oh. big events, you know. And he did Spartathlon in, in Greece, which is that 153-mile race, you know. <laughs> it's just absolutely <laughs> insane. And How many hours is that? Like yeah, a, he, 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 he finished, well, basically, uh, the 100 milers, he finished in like uh, 30 hours. And oh. this Perthathlon, which is 150, he did in, uh, gosh, I can't remember it now. 
Okay. Yeah, it's just, so, yeah, the, you know, everybody has to listen to the... <laughs> to <your laughs> yeah, everybody podcast, will have to right, listen yeah. to the podcast, yeah. Okay. Uh, Kiko, I wanted to... Well, you know, you've been living in LA for, for, for a few years now. And yeah. I remember when you, when you had just moved in, you, 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 you were living in, in West Hollywood. And 2012. Yes. Of 2000, yeah, tw 2012. Yeah. 2012. And then um, you were living in West Hollywood and, and it was just like, you know, uh, your first steps into what eventually, and you obviously wasn't aware of all of the, well, I'm going to use again the, 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 the word, but the roller coaster of, of what was about to, to, to basically turn your life into, well, towards <laughs> the positive. Well, as a positive thing, obviously, so many positives of what what happened to you. But uh, I, I was going to ask, what what are the positives that come to mind uh, uh, to you when you compare uh, your life nowadays in São Paulo, um, in Los Angeles, in comparison to São Paulo? Well, the positive things, uh, I think, I think first about the family, and then it's hard to compare because when I was living in São Paulo. I was sing I was a single man, you know. I was not married. I didn't have any children. So, you know, who has children knows the big difference in life when you don't have children and when you have children. So, it's very hard to compare the lifestyle because that's the big change. I think it's not the the country, but it's the, you know, the new lifestyle having children. And of course, uh, having all the worries of having a baby, having children, And in a in a city like São Paulo, we, we I love São Paulo and I I love the people. I have so many friends, and then I've been in Brazil, you know, in the last year maybe two or three times, you know, in the last year. So I love to be there to hang with people. You know, I feel you know great there. But there are some issues in the city too. Although LA, you can find the same issues, but it's more like in some neighborhoods. And some other neighborhoods, you're—I mean, I'm talking about uh, being feeling safe, you know, having the freedom, which is like the main thing that you lose when you go to big cities like São Paulo, is the freedom of uh, you have to live in a gated community. You have to have, you know, even like people with more or some kind of a money, not like a super millionaire people, just like a, you know, high middle middle class, they have to have a, a bullet proof cars you mm -hmm. know like uh so uh that's that's kind of scary isn't it and uh so you lose your freedom because you cannot just walk around you know some place you can you have to take care of your phone or computer or something you know it's all that uh and and uh, that and when you have a baby so that's really kind of scary you know if you're gonna walk around with a baby in a city that offers so many possibilities of, you know, uh, mm -hmm. kidnapping or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know. And I'm sure uh, you... Robbery. So this is, uh, before, I, being a single guy, I was living in my house. It was so cool, you know, although you, you, can, I, you know, I was robbed. God, there. and that was a huge uh, house, by the way, wasn't it? Wow, for a single yeah. man, <laughs> it was a very good <laughs> house too. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I had once like a, a gun in my head, mm. uh, which is kind of scary, but it was fine. Um, but having children, then this is, that's not the place to be, you mm -hmm. know, that's, uh, 
you know so so that's when I compare Sao Paulo is more to 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 LA although LA you have some areas that would be as dangerous as you know mm -hmm. and uh, that the main difference the difference from LA and Sao Paulo in the, regarding the you know feeling safe would be here in some neighborhoods you feel safer you know mm -hmm. way safer you know, and then uh, in Sao Paulo, there is no neighborhood <laughs> that yeah. can feel really safe, you know. So basically that, you know. Um, did Maria, your your wife, uh, actually uh, played a, a, a role in this? Because uh, she's, she's Finnish and... Uh, yeah, my wife is Finnish. So in Finland, you don't have anything like that. <laughs> Even for her, LA is like super dangerous. You know, she's always afraid of things because she come uh, she comes from a country that nothing happens you mm -hmm. know in the, you know there's no violence there's nothing there so, so for her uh, was probably never there, there was never a chance you, n you guys never even considered the possibility of living in brazil because of the kids you know mm -hmm. because of the kids yeah i think if, if we you know if there was no kids in our life uh, we we could consider yeah. i mean it, there's a lot of cities in and you can live in sao paulo but then you have to have <laughs> like a bulletproof car and you yeah. have maybe have a bodyguard some yeah places. bodyguards and they pay private security and all that business it's oh, just like, crazy. yeah i mean it's it sounds fancy i mean out of brazil but in brazil it's kind of you know like a middle class high middle class you know you have to think about it already absolutely you know? there well, are people you know, even it's, like it's not like uh you know it's like maybe in some countries this would be only for for the Pope and the President, <laughs> you know, Prime Minister, <laughs> and uh, in Brazil is like the guy has like a, he if he wants to to have a nice car, and I'm t I'm not talking about a Ferrari, you know, I'm talking mm -hmm. about just just an average, nice car that you see a lot here in LA, yeah. and then you better have, you know, uh, you better have some kind of a protection, protection, extra protection, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kiko, what are the, um, something that I, I've seen in, in recent times, well, basically I, I can absolutely attest this, after you moved to LA, I can't think of many other Brazilian musicians, at least from the people that I know, that uh, uh, were leaving there or, or, or had made the move. I, I can think at the top of my head one or two musicians uh, that were leaving in LA at the time. But then after you moved to LA, there was this crazy surge of loads and loads. I mean, people that I know, people that are connected to people that I know that just moved to LA to either study music or to try and pursue a career in music. And um, I, we, we obviously are very aware of, um, you know, the, the powerless that is uh, a Brazilian passport throughout the world. So uh, when it comes to legalities, you know, what, what are the legalities involved for a Brazilian citizen to go and live in, 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 in California, in America, and actually uh, uh, work there and, 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 and be legal in the country, basically? Well, I, I don't think I'm the right guy to talk about that, <laughs> but but that's what you're saying is, is true because yeah, I know I there's of course there's a lot of Brazilians here as there's a lot of you know uh, nationalities here in LA. You can find you know Vietnamese or Armenians or you know like Japanese, Korean, Chinese. Ev ev you know everyone is here. So mm -hmm. Argentinian, Chilean, you know, and. Uh, so Mexicans, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like a lot of Central America, you know, you have the feeling like half of the L, half of LA is 
from Central America. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the feeling, you know, I don't know, but have the feeling. But, um, um, yeah, my case, you know, there's a lot of guys, Brazilian, I feel, in the music industry, you know, like France, a lot of people came after me. Um, yeah, I have this feeling, and uh, I, a lot of people is always asking this question, you know, what, what did you do to be living in L.A.? But the thing, it was um, during the 2012, and when I started doing my, my, um, uh, the paperwork for that, you know, uh, it was uh, 2008, 2009, and during this time, like 10 years ago, um, when I start thinking about moving, and uh, I, I start asking and hiring the, the lawyers and for that, you know, mm-hmm. immigration lawyers. So back in uh, 2008, 2009, you were already planning on possibly moving to America. Yes. So the whole process yes. basically took you roughly three years. No, well, the, the, yeah. Let me. The thing was, I wanted to to I first I wanted to stay here. I, I had in, I had in mind I wanted to stay in LA for a year or something like that. You know, I didn't want to move because my life was good uh, in Brazil, career, and um, you know, I was traveling all over the world anyways. I was doing my stuff, so it was good. You know, my house was great, everything was great. But, you know, there was always the like, what what can I do next? What would be the next step? What would be the big dream, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so like, after coming, um, here to to US for s- different reasons, I said, you know what? Let me let me see this uh, the paperwork. But I don't want to come here uh, illegally, of course, and I don't want to come here with just like a, a tourist visa and then start doing something. And, and a lot of people do that and then try to to go to school and try to get a visa. Maybe doesn't get it and have to come back. No, I, so I went to a lawyer. Well. Yeah, I went to a lawyer and said like. How's is it possible to come for real? And then um, the lawyer uh, told me, "Yes, you can because you have a career, and there's something called uh, extraordinary ability, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, alien. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is like is a is a kind of is not a visa. Is an opening for to get a, the green card straight. Um, no, you don't go through visas or you know whatever kinds of visas. You go straight to the green card, ten years green card, uh, no sponsorship, no company, nothing. You Amazing. just prove that you're like top of what you do mm-hmm. in music, arts, science, sports, anything. So, which is very clever from US because then they can suck all the brains from the world. Absolutely, because yeah. uh, US has the power of the money has the power of the big companies and if they can and the, but the basic education is not great here right we all know that mm-hmm. and then if they can suck the brains that had great education in other countries you know Europeans Indian you know people from India from Japan even Brazilians that we uh, in Brazil have different Brazils we were talking we, we were talking uh, not good things about Sao Paulo and I want to just uh, Add something here because Brazil is a, is a great country in many, and we suffer some problems uh, with violence in the big cities. But it's an amazing country with amazing people, and uh, is a is a great place to be and to live. And the education there is great if you have the chance to to pay. To pay, right? Great, exactly. Come, yeah. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't come from a very poor family, but if you come from a middle middle class family 
and have the chance to to go through the schools and pay that uh, private schools, you're going to have an amazing education. And then that's why you see a lot of Brazilians doing so so great here. Mm-hmm. So basically, I can get the this kind of a green card. So I went through the process, but it took a long time. It took like a year or something because of me, not because of the process, because I decided to do all the stuff out of U.S. So I had to wait for the paperwork to be analyzed in U.S., then sent back to the embassy in Brazil. Then they booked the interview in Brazil, but I was on tour, so I have to reschedule the interview. And uh, there was many things going on in my life. So I was, the U.S. thing was was a you know a possibility but my 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 life was doing great so i was like well let's see you know i was not about to come to us to see if the green card would work or not so mm-hmm. when i came to the us i was already with the green card for 10 years ready to come and work and whatever you know ready yeah. to yeah. live you know when you and got uh, your green card were you were you already married at the time that you got your green card. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. It was uh, I got married during this during the process of mm-hmm. this, you know, in between. So when it comes to Europe, for example, what 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 kind of visa did you get? Did you get an indefinite leave to remain kind of thing? Uh, no, in Europe. Yeah. No, in Europe I got um, because of my wife and the kids that were born there, so I have a one year one year visa. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I think I cannot work. I don't know, but I was not working. I was not intending to work there anyways, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, so it's just a visa for a year. And then if, you know, because I'm married, so you can get a visa. They give you like the... I think I can work, to be honest. I don't I know. I think you can, yeah. As, as, uh, I don't yeah, know about the I'm Finnish married. law. So I was married, I can, but it, they don't give you like a full-on citizenship or 10 years like mm-hmm. U.S. did, you know. They give you 10 years, then you... You have the proof that you're married, and then after a year, if you're still married, they're probably gonna give you another year, and then I don't know how it goes. Maybe they yeah, give maybe more after, years. Yeah, maybe after I don't know five, six years or whatever, whatever many exactly. years you can get the national citizenship, perhaps. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but now I'm totally attached to 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 Finland. You know, I have three kids uh, with a Finnish passport, and then my wife. So, um, you know, so like a family. You know, family. It's a Finnish ties, family. They call, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So and anyways, uh, yeah. it's, it's it might be that one day we go to Finland. You know, it's like a, it's a great country as well. You know, yeah. Um, but what, it's a what, bit too cold. Yeah, what's me, your but, preference? Yeah. I was going to ask because you obviously you were born in Rio and then you moved to São Paulo and and I, I mean I myself I'm, I, I was born in Brazil, lived in Brazil for like twenty five years and then living in the UK for the last ten years of my life. It's always complicated uh, the weather. You know, you do get used to it, but uh, it's never something that you know you're gonna be very comfortable with. You know, so I think yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 the California has just the, an amazing the weather. Opposite, right? So. And then internet with the internet nowadays. So you're like suffering in, in minus 15 or something <laughs> in Finland. And then you go like, you know, online and see your, your friends, you know, at the beach. Or yeah. Something, you know, like, because there's summertime. <laughs> the so social media. Like, yeah. Or if you go from uh, the, if you travel, like last year, I, I, I went from uh, Finland to Bahia, you know, which is in, in Brazil. So from the minus 15, I went to plus 30s or wow. 40s or something. Shocking so like a beach. So, yeah. So, but it's you know that's you can you can get used to it if you have like the right, uh, yeah. If you know what to do dur- during the winter time, you know. Mm-hmm. And but it, it it's hard. The darkness it it is, it is kind of hard. You have to have uh, some kind of a, 
some kind of a schedule, a mindset, or like really like a busy day, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, like just focus. wake up and do the stuff. I was trying to run, you know, like we're talking about running. I was trying to run like in minus 10, minus 5. My and you did it several times because I saw on, on I Instagram. Did. You're always out there on, on, on I mean, <laughs> it's snowing and you're running out there. I'm like, wow, yeah, there you go, go, Kiko. <laughs> Yeah, I would never imagine doing that, you know, for me, like minus 15 or 10, minus 10, that would be something, you know, crazy to go out, crazy to go out but yeah. actually it's possible and it's nice, it's beautiful and it's not cold. Mm -hmm. It's fine if you have to buy the right, you know, the proper, you know, the right uh, gear. <laughs> It's which even, which which, yeah. which you you which you probably didn't at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I went to the store, you know, like sports store, and, and asked the guy, like, give me everything that's you know, <laughs> that I would need to run in this weather. In this weather, my understand. You know, so any anybody in Finland knows knows how, how what you have to wear. Mm -hmm. So I just bought the the right gear, and then and then I started running. And it was a good thing to get through this darkness, you know. Because you can get, you know, very depressed or, or, or crazy, you know, you wake up at, you know, 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning, it's still dark. Yeah. You know, and now uh, 3.30 or 4 It's dark again. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's crazy. I know. the day, it's like too short and you don't have the vitamin D or, I don't know, just a, it's a weird feeling after two months like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have that with the, the newborn babies twins wow so <laughs> running running was very important uh for that too you know just yeah, to get a, like a therapy right stress. um so uh, you, you you when you're saying about uh your your decision to move to america or thinking you know like you you, you had a great life at the time in sao paulo you're already basically doing uh mm all the things that for the vast majority of musicians uh, is a dream and will continue to be a dream. And But then you, you had that gut feeling of what's next, you know, what could I possibly do? Can I achieve more? Do you think that the opportunities that came your way would have, uh, would have they would have come to you either way, if you're in Sao Paulo, if you're in Finland, or do you think that taking the move and being in Los Angeles made a difference for for the things that basically happened during the last three to four years on your life and obviously uh, uh, joining Megadeth being the, 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 the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. Well, having the babies, you can, you know, can have that anyway, mm -hmm. any, anyway, in, anywhere, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Megadeth, yes, I think the being in L.A., it, it, it was good. It was good. Although, you know, it's funny, but um, it was not the reason that I... Because Dave Mustaine, uh, Dave Mustaine, uh, I know he, you know, he was like checking, checking guitar players online, probably, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he was asking some people uh, from the management and some other guitar players from the bands, from the management, you know, people around him, uh, you know, suggest some names so I can check the names out on the internet. So some people suggest my name. So it was all, you know. Uh, Word, uh, word of mouth and um, internet, online things. So it could be that I was, I would be in Brazil. It yeah. could be, uh, especially but because you, you, I mean, you, 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 you've met Dave Mustaine years prior. You guys were cover. Yeah, of, but of that, Japanese yeah, I, magazine. I, 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 I knew did David Ellison as well. I did a front cover from Burn magazine in Japan and in 2008, and uh, it was great. 
But it was not the reason because he didn't remember about that uh, photo session. He did not. Uh, that was really? me. You know, he remembered that he did a picture with a guy from a band, whatever, in the front cover <laughs> that we were playing together in the same festival because Anchor is pretty big uh, in Japan. It was always pretty big in Japan with Gold Disc and all that. So when I was in Japan for the Loud Park Festival, uh, Burn Magazine, which is the biggest uh, rock magazine in Japan, asked uh, me and Mustaine to do this front cover which was great for me to be, you know, side by side uh, with Dave. But for Dave, it was just, well, this dude from Whatever this, dude, yeah, from Brazil. <laughs> yeah, from this band that the Japanese liked, so whatever, I would do the picture. Um, but then, you know, when he, you know, when he, uh, we start talking uh, in 2015, then I sent him the picture, and then he said, wow, yeah, I remember that, you know, then he kind of <laughs> remembered. But I was already talking to him about, uh, for the audition, you know, mm -hmm. which never happened, <laughs> the audition. But um, so, but what the funny thing was, I played with Elefson, you know, David, in São Paulo in Brazil. So I met David in the at the NAM show few few times. So I knew him. He knew me, kind of, you know, the you know the angry guy that hangs there in the in the NAM show or something like that. Mm -hmm. But then we had the chance to jam. In this metal all stars um, concert that happened in the in Bolivia and Sao Paulo, and we played a Saba song and uh, Black Sabbath and uh, with uh, Neo Knights, I think, and we played a Queen's Rike song, um, Jet City Woman, because they uh, Job Tate was singing, Elefson was on the bass, I was playing guitar, and uh, Vinnie Epsi on drums so it was amazing so he saw me playing on stage with him so Mustaine called called uh, called uh, David and uh, asked him do you know this guy Kiko because you know I'm getting these names and I liked Kiko you know mm -hmm. and then Alefson said yeah I just jammed with him you know <laughs> so it was it was a good uh, so when David said uh, when Alefson said um, to Dave, oh, Kiko sounds, you know, it's great or seems to be a good fit. Um, it was a good thing because, you know, they're a partner for 30 years. And uh, if Ellison says something to Mustaine, he, you know, he really considers. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, I think the decision was pretty much online. And then I played with Ellison in Brazil. But the fact that I'm in LA, I think it adds because for the tour for the meetings for rehearsals for anything it's good to have the guy living locally in, yeah. uh in us although i'm not living in the same cities or same state of all the uh, uh even the crew members you know uh, actually dirk is the one that is kind of lives uh, 10 minutes from my house mm -hmm. um but when I was invited to the band, Dirk was not in the band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dirk, uh, Dirk for the drummer. Yeah. So yeah. So. Fantastic. Being in LA, in big city is always you know is it's, it's makes good. it a big difference. I think LA it's still the uh, well it, it is the very last uh, hub for for rock and and metal musicians in the world. It's the very last hub that you know you can go there, you can meet people. There are still bars, there's still venues, uh, the historical places. Most of them, at least, are still standing. You go to the Sunset Strip. You know, there's a big big history uh, uh, yeah. on that part of town yeah. and. 
uh, very different than other parts in the world, like London, for for instance, which is uh, uh, things are just been completely. I mean, all the venues being shut down and and I the see. whole city being. Well, that's happening here too. You know, I think it's just it's happening here too. At least that's what people say, and uh, uh, we don't know. It's it's changing. Things are changing here too, but. It's still like a, there's a lot of industry, music industry here, you know, the record labels, the offices, the management, the booking agents, big booking agencies, and uh, all the film industry. So there's a lot of music happening still here. So it is a good place to be. Um, also, Nashville uh, is, a, is a good place to be as well. And it, it's it, people say, I, I, I've been there a few times, and Dave Mustaine lives there. And uh, it's it's turning more into it's is getting more rock rock and roll there. Mm -hmm. You know, not only country. It's 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 like a really a music city with a a lot of uh, you know management companies, booking agencies, and as well you know all the industry is moving there. A lot of musicians are moving to Nashville as well. It's you know, it's so, so it's 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 very difficult when when you when when you stop and 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 think about the future. Like if uh, I find it really, f I, I want to ask you this, but uh, you know, most people when you ask people come always with like a very simplistic uh, answer. You know that uh, you gotta you know do your best in order to achieve your dreams. You gotta do this. You gotta learn. You gotta study. You gotta uh, learn all the tricks of the business. You can't be only a good guitarist or a good singer or a good this. Or good that you gotta be your own manager you know all of those things that everybody always talk about being good at what you do and getting as much information and developing yourself as much as possible but uh but it's yeah. it's it's that there's so much that's true you know <laughs> it is true absolutely it is 100 true more than ever but but there's so much more involved because uh, uh being in a band and trying to make it and when i say trying to make it it's simply trying to get you know you your business going so you have a band it is a business you just want to pay the bills right and getting to that level nowadays it's so difficult it's almost impossible and 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 seeing bands from people like you get um I was talking to uh, Matt Heffy from from Trivium uh, last year while in Copenhagen they were touring and we were just having lunch me uh, him and, and and his wife and and we we're talking about like uh You know, bands that were touring with them, Shapes, it's a band uh, led by uh, Griffin Dickinson, son of Bruce Dickinson, and very good band, great vocals, you know, uh, it's it's very different, and, and these guys, you know, they get, like, lots of opportunities, you know, I mean, uh, lots of connections, and, you know, they got, they, they come from a different place than the vast majority of us all, you know, they do have a, back, a family, huge background in music, which obviously can help it's just like you know if you graduate as a lawyer or, 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 or in medical school and you want to become this you know uh, uh, um, criminal uh, a criminal lawyer and your family has a background that obviously that they, your family will have connections and will help you out to achieve uh, 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 and, and and get yourself in a good position and get yourself in a good job and you wouldn't be different in music but even for these people when it comes to music having a band touring the world, getting great uh, uh, support act uh, uh, slots, getting funding from whatever the source would that would it be. It's, it, it, you know, p you still look at each other and say, Jesus, I mean, when and if... I, I don't think this, the being the son of somebody in music helps that much. You know, it, it gets a hype, you know, in the beginning. 
oh, that's the son of this guy or this or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But in the end, the music has to be good. The guy has to have a, a good connection, connection with the fans and, and build a career the same way. Of course, there's a little bit of a hype uh, because of the surname, the family name. But if the guy's not talented, it does. It's not gonna work. Yeah, I just, know? I just used. You have so many examples of that, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, some other ones that really did work. And I don't know. You can uh, you can give me some examples? I none come to mind. Only the Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> 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 but he's you know good, good singer, whatever you know, doing good, and. Um, um, there's so but many I great. I th yeah, I think the the uh, b b the originality or being original. It's it's just such a rare thing to be original. Being the son, being the son of somebody, the great, a great like maybe being the son of Bruce Bruce or it's like the son of Pele, you know. Mm -hmm, yeah, <laughs> he couldn't play soccer. He had to be. A, uh, he, he decided to play soccer, but then he he ended he up being what drug dealer soccer. or something. He and then he ended up in jail or something, wasn't it? Who? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's another story. But anyways. But he was a goalkeeper. He couldn't be like a, a you know, a playing soccer because he would be always the son of Pele, and he would mm -hmm. never be as good as. Yeah. And then uh, it's complicated for the kid. So there's a lot of expectations. So but maybe I just, sometimes I, it's way harder. Mm -hmm. I just met the Duizo Zappa at Nam show. We did like a short video there. It's great, but he's great, you know, and he's great, but he's like kind of also uh, playing the music of his father and kind of keep the legacy. And then he has this other thing. Because he's a great guitarist, a great artist, and then he keeps the legacy of the father, uh, which is a different thing. But and then he works, you know, doing the, the Zappa play Zappa kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think in in this case, um, what you're talking about, it is difficult, and then you have to decide what you want. The problem sometimes people have like high expectations, and then I don't remember. When when it was possible, I don't even remember, I don't even know if w once in my life I survived and lived from the band exclusively, mm -hmm. you know? And I think uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a mistake there, I don't know. But uh, so I was always, I was always doing some extra stuff, so I, I was not, I was, I was never waiting, you know? So I, we had the band Angra, and we dedicated our time, our effort, our money, you know, our knowledge. We're learning, doing all, you know, like any other band, mm -hmm. like any other band, like really focused in our with with what we wanted. Mainly in the beginning, you know, deciding, uh, the, you know, the perfect name for the band that could represent Brazil, but at the same time, who could have a, like a meaning in English, and. Uh, being some some sort of a special band like play, uh, playing this metal very european metal mixed with uh, progressive rock and mixed with brazilian elements and classical music doing something it was there was a lot of bands doing that you know but we ha we were trying to find our something special and then uh, and then try to find some fans for that and then suddenly we found it we found it in japan the other side of the world mm -hmm. and uh we kept doing it and uh, for many many years but at the same time i was not sitting at home uh well when is going to be the next gig and because then I, w I would be suffering because uh it was very hard in the beginning you know and when i'm talking the beginning i'm talking about the first eight years and wow, really even like yeah, all no, the way I, up to the beginning 
because I did, I did, um, I did, um, we did the two albums, three albums. It was very hard. It's hard, but it's good. You know, yeah, why, the band June at why being hard was has like, to be bad. You know, mm -hmm. being hard is good. You know, you just like go and rehearse, have fun and uh, compose songs and work and travel and be in a tour bus and uh, do all that. If you like it, it's great, but it's hard. And then the results come slowly, and then you have problems with the band members and all that. You suffer because you're passionate about music, you're passionate about the band you're building, and then, and then have all this relationship with the other guys of the band or whatever, and then it's always difficult and very suffering. And, uh, and then you have your personal life that you have to deal with because if you want to be a musician, you're going to start touring, you're going to start being uh, you know, in the studio for, for a month, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then your girlfriend is going gonna, gonna to complain, and when you go home, you're gonna, you want to practice guitar or whatever, and, or meetings or something that is important because you're like so focused in uh, making uh, that band to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult, but at the same time, in my case, uh, as a guitar player, because I was always passionate about the guitar world thing, you know, the guitar players, the instrumental music, guitar lessons and guitar clinics and uh, instruments and pedals and guitars and amps, amplifiers and all that. So I went to this path as well. And I, I, I was teaching, I was giving clinics, I was doing whatever, uh, getting sponsorship from, from, uh, from brands. Uh, and then I was getting some money from that as well. So I was, I was never waiting at home, oh, my band is, is not happening this month. No, you know, there was a lot of month, months that I we're not playing. And then with having other... Uh, then you started doing lots and lots of workshops as well after, after the reformulation the of the is, band, wasn't it? It's, the thing is, uh, if you, if you like, let's say, we're doing, uh, with Anger, we're doing like one concert in Sao Paulo a year. You know, mm -hmm. and that's a strategy because you play every weekend. You know how many people you're gonna play for hundreds of people, but if you do once a year, you can play for three, four, five thousand. Mm -hmm. And then you do a you know a big event, you do a big show. So scarcity, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but we were able to do that just because I was doing other clinics, other stuff, a little other events, or we were like trying to go to other cities, or maybe. Uh, starting to play in Europe or trying to go to Japan or whatever, all this stuff. So it was well planned. Some people get, I know we have to play, we have to play, and then you start playing the same city several times, and then what's going to happen? We're going to start playing smaller clubs, smaller clubs, smaller clubs, because, you know. Were you guys all like... even worse. Nowadays, even worse with YouTube and so many bands touring and big bands uh, touring forever. You know, you have to remember... It's not like sports. Music's not sports. Like a, a great player, like let's say a soccer player, he's 35, 36, he's going to retire. And then he's going to open space to the new one, to the new generation. And music, that doesn't happen. You know, Rolling Stones is still playing, mm -hmm. you know. So it just adds up, you know. Mm -hmm. You have Rolling Stones and then you have whatever, YouTube, and then it comes... Coldplay and then comes Muse and come you know it adds up mm -hmm. you know so so the competition gets harder and harder and all the music business shift 
to a different different path because of the all the MP3 and all that in the year 2000. So all those bands and composers they have to go, you know, they have to tour. Yeah. Somehow to make the business, you know, to keep going the business and and which was very normal in Brazil in the since the 60s because the the um, the royalties the the you know the all the for the composers were never paid in mm-hmm. Brazil it was a mess right so the composers the great composers like uh, uh, Jobim, Jobim the guy who did uh, Girlfriend Ipanema Ipanema right uh, he had to tour you know because that was the only way to get money so in Brazil this is not new for the Brazilian great composers. They always had to tour and play and sing. Even they were not great singers. The composer, they go and do shows singing with their whatever composer's voice. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they had money and the only way was to do do shows and uh, to show their faces. While in U.S., as you have uh, great societies collecting the, ro- the royalties, you know, ASCAP, BMI and all that. So the great composers, sometimes you don't know who they are. Because they're at home composing. Yeah, you know? there's a big business behind it, right? People that just write music for for other people to release them, and that's exactly. that's that's the, that's a the, very good artist. Even like the big name, like the Mar- Max Martin, most of the people don't know his face. You know, of course, you can Google and then you're gonna know his face. But he's the guy behind all the big success from all these artists from the last for the past what, 15, 20 years. You know, from from Britney Spears to Kate Perry to Adele, you know, so it's a different. It was always possible in U.S. for a composer to be only a composer, but the composers from from a band and bands that compose and and perform before they kind of sharing the the revenue, having you know royalties and you know sales from the albums and the tours. And then suddenly they have to go on, be only on tour because the royalties are not coming anymore. And then merchandising and ads and other kinds of uh, uh, forms of revenues that you, you see artists uh, doing from the past, you know, 15 years. Yeah. Uh, to the extent of uh, creating big business like the Beats or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, like the thing, the thing, the thing is with, with touring. I mean, uh, most people would say would sign their names on the shit and say on the contract and say, "Hey, good stuff. Put me on the road. I want to work my ass off and and tour and tour and tour." But the thing is, with touring, in order for you to tour, you gotta sell tickets, and in order for you to sell tickets, you gotta have somehow a name, and in order to have a name, you gotta either have had in the past or on a, on recent times something that. Uh, well, that sold that basically people that people got to know you uh, either an album, either a single, or something like that. And with no music sales whatsoever these days, there's less money in the industry to push towards making artists uh, 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 to develop artists. People don't develop artists anymore. There's no more like signing a contract for three, four records, which you know used to be a pretty standard in in in, in the old days. So uh, it is a very very difficult business because yes, you got a tour in order to survive. I don't agree. You don't? I don't agree. No. You're forgetting something. Mm. You're forgetting the internet. The power of internet is way better. I wish I'll, you know, mm-hmm. when I when I started in the early 90s, we had to find 
this one person that you know could listen to the our demo you know mm-hmm. and then from the demo they would you know get some money and pay us to record and uh, it was way more difficult way more difficult in my in my point of view mm-hmm. you know now you can record at home and start posting it and you can go to the google trends and see what's happening and then you just go there and then you know start doing whatever music or conversations or chat or something or podcast or something about what's happening and give your opinion you don't need anybody to stop you mm-hmm. you don't need anybody to choose you from you know you just go and do it and then who is still thinking all oh, those days was better it's is wrong it's wrong you know just do it and uh, and then you get you get you get your followers and you have to work your ass off to get more followers and to interact with them uh, we're talking about social media and it's you have to be social in a social media mm-hmm. you have to talk to people you have to engage and discover who who likes my music and uh, what's the problem with my music or my concert or something and then you fine tune and then you create the right thing for that right people and then you try to um you learn that you know you can learn use the using the internet in in and then you you just start growing to a certain level that is going to be possible to come to a booking agency or to other bands or something to okay let's do a tour i have these followers i have this mailing list i have um you know my facebook page or my instagram or something and then i can you know um do a tour and then you know like a okay but, but but think this way you you're a musician you start your career you're 16 17 18 year old and you have your first band and you guys wrote a bunch of songs and you're all friends and you're all super excited and you're living on this digital age and it's all amazing great you recorded a song you, you set up your facebook instagram twitter all of that you're all gigs you're doing videos you're posting videos online you are like you know playing uh, uh the circuit in whatever city you're living in the world and you're contacting people via email you're sending your your your, your music via email or even post you know physical form to labels to management all of that uh how uh, you know, it, it to to something to become viral to get to so to to get to a point that you know, okay, great. Now I have. But you want to be viral? You're talking about being viral. I'm not talking about being viral. No, not being viral. But I'm like, talking about just doing making your band or your career or living from music. You don't need to be viral mm. to live from music. You know, to get a paycheck or getting some different revenue streams to to pay your stuff. Sure. You know, you don't need to be viral. You know, you really don't need to. It's like it's the rule of you know, you know, um, you get like a thousand fans that pay ten dollars a month doing something. You know, you have ten thousand dollars a month. You know, yeah. Is that's that's. I mean, it's, it's not so simple. Of course, you have to pay tax. You have your expenses. You, all that. But, uh, but in in that in that regard, you know, so you don't have to have uh, five million views. You mm-hmm. know, you have to have like the ten thousand. Is is the thousand fans. Yeah. You know, the thousand fans, you know, people that follow you, that likes you, and then you you have to work in multiple areas to have this ten thousand fans. And it's not easy. It's not it's not easy to be like uh, playing soccer in a in a big team. It's not easy, you know, to go viral is like, you know, being Yeah, a, I think I think uh, I used the wrong you know, words. I didn't mean like to go viral. I meant like having the ten thousand. 
you know, having finding those ten thousand, or even not those ten thousand, uh, uh, those those thousand people, you know, finding getting these thousand people to really, you know, give you like a, a five or a month, a five dollar uh, a month or something like that. It, we it, have to be, yeah, we have to. is not a is not a job that you go there and somebody's doing. You know, when you go to a job, you know, nine to five, you just go there. Somebody in that place that you're working is thinking how to get customers and thinking or maybe hiring hiring a, a, a marketing guy and mm -hmm. whatever you know uh, somebody's doing that job if you have a band or your your own career you have to do that job mm -hmm. you have to find the customers I mean you have to find the fans so we got you you're going to be the marketing section of your company you're going to be the the product developer of your you know you're gonna be like the guy who composed the song and developed the logos and the, all that you, you're going to be the guy who takes care of the production you know we're gonna print the t-shirt you're gonna be everybody mm -hmm. you're gonna be the guy who who's gonna deal with the with the contracts or you know like everything you know and um, even the sales nowadays you know you have to go you have to be the guy who goes online, post a video, and then in the in the text you put like buy my stuff, you yeah. know, and then maybe you make a video saying, like, "Hey guys, I just launched this new CD or T-shirt or whatever," and then please take check it out and buy it. You know, you ha you have to be the salesman in, as well. So it's a decision. Do you want to go to a company that somebody else is going to be doing that? They're gonna give you something to do, and then you got you getting a paycheck, or you want to do your own things. You know, mm -hmm. some people like feel comfortable to be in a corporation. Some people like to be to do the whole thing and develop something. When you, if you get bigger, you can even hire somebody to help you. You know, mm -hmm. and you have a, a girlfriend, a, a friend, uh, a band. You're gonna be a bunch of guys, you know, or girls, and then four or five people that can share this you know work you know one takes care of social media the other one is a good uh, booking guy you know can try to sell some concerts the other one is a good pr and you know and then uh, it's not it's not it's nothing's easy you know I, no, and I think no, absolutely also, yeah. uh, uh, people expect like well i'm gonna post my video and i'm gonna post one video every week and i'm gonna get ten thousand fans in two months, no, you're not gonna get ten thousand fans in two months. You know, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe in few years. You know, you have to build your career. It's not gonna happen like in two months. We have some people, some examples that some guys or some YouTubers or whatever suddenly they come, and but you know you don't know what they did. You know. Yeah, you don't know. You know, and some people they're they make it faster, and uh, it's not for everybody. But it doesn't mean that you cannot make it. You know, it doesn't mean that you cannot have your ten thousand fans in a, in a few years. You just have to build and look the statistics of your social media and see if it's growing. Mm -hmm. If it's growing, there's a, a curve going up. Great, keep doing it. You're going. You're gonna get there. You know, simple as that. You know? you, I think we talked uh, last year about um, the Tim Ferriss book, The Four Hour Week. 
And uh, that book, I think it's, uh, it's a great, great book. I mean, there's so many tips and so many different things that you can actually apply on any area of business of your life, regardless if you're a musician or not. And, um, and yeah, he mentions a lot about uh, uh, checking your organic followers on, on social media and seeing if that curve is going up. If that curve is going up, you just keep doing it. Yeah, this four-hour week, I think he just, he just like, uh, he... he I think he talks about that, right? He, he does, just yeah. Posted and uh, and check it uh, like doing A B tests. What would be the best title for the book? Yes, exactly. You know, yeah. So he puts like three different uh, adverts out there, and then he checks which one was uh, uh, clicked more. Of by course, people. because everybody wants to work four hours a week. Who doesn't work? Yeah. Who doesn't <laughs> want to work four hours a week? But tell me the secret to work. Four hours a week. I, 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 I think I think it's very dangerous to be honest. I didn't read the book. I read a little bit because mm -hmm. you know, whatever you know, I don't agree with that thing. Mm -hmm. um, I really don't agree. I, I, think I don't know think, the magic. I think there's I because think there, there are four hours in the book a week. Really four hours a week is less than an hour. Uh, if you're just gonna you're just gonna answer and check your, it really depends where you call working you yeah. know yeah because for me playing guitar is not working so if if i take all the playing guitar <laughs> from my life you know maybe i'm working four hours a week you mm -hmm. know yeah and uh chatting with you is this work you know is it mm -hmm. uh, or not in, you know for me what is wor working is like when i'm really like in a tour bus if i'm in a tour bus for a few hours that's it's still fun in my if i'm a, in a tour bus or like a long flight and sometimes it's like wow this is is a bit too much now, you know. Mm -hmm. So then I feel like I'm working, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but if I'm in, if I if I have something nice and or a nice book or you know have like a good Wi-Fi or yeah. a nice. Even though the two buses nowadays are so much better than in the past, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So if I have something or like a nice people, you know, to chat during the trips, it doesn't feel like working. So if if working four hours a week, you can take out all those moments that's great but yeah but what i was going to say Keith, yeah don't, don't judge the book by its cover i mean it's not i mean i think it's just a title and then he try and uh, he doesn't yeah, but i think a lot of people take this absolutely to take it too seriously you know, like, yeah i don't i don't need to work you know man you need to fucking work like you know 14 hours a day yeah. if you want the thing to happen your band or your career you know just wake up and keep your mind focused in whatever you want to achieve mm -hmm. the whole day. What there's no way. And they don't tell me Tim Ferriss not the 14 hours. You know he's traveling to the Himalayas or whatever, and he's doing a podcast there. You know, of course he's working. You know, and then on the flight he's thinking the subjects or the questions or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, or he's reading another book to get ideas for his new interview. What is working? Yeah, everybody's working. You have to be. But if you love what you do, and I know this like is a <laughs> everybody says that, but if you're really comfortable with what you do, you, you like, in my case, I love to play guitar, I love music, and I, I love uh, interacting with the other people that love music. So I, I have fun spending hours answering the, the fans of my socials. Mm -hmm. You know, am I working? Yes. Or maybe not. Maybe just having fun <laughs> in the internet, you know. So, do you actually? You never. You never replied when I commented on your Instagram ever. You never replied. You saw. You see my messages and you never reply. So, is that is that real? Fans out there, 
Does he actually reply to you? <laughs> yeah, well, the Instagram, I don't. I, I, I need to. But I do the Facebook and I have my some other groups. I know. I know you're very YouTube, good at it. You interact a but, lot. Uh, yeah. But the last year with the twins here, newborns, uh, life is a bit a bit different. Yeah. But if... What? But the Instagram... Some, some... I have to decide. I think nowadays, that's my opinion. If you have like a totally free time, you should do everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I kind of decide where I'm gonna spend this connection. Yeah, but with, with that in mind, Kiko, what 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 do you do? Like Twitter, Twitter, mm -hmm. I even don't look. You know, mm -hmm. I t sometimes like okay, let me check. Basically on, on tour because you know the other guys from Megadeth they use a lot of Twitter. Mm -hmm. So. Sometimes I knew what's <laughs> I know what's happening because of Twitter. Because of <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys have a WhatsApp group kind of thing? Megadeth band, just the four of you. No. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. But uh, because the Americans, they are not the Americans in general. They're not using WhatsApp. Yeah, it's crazy. In certain parts of the world, yeah, in in Denmark, it's the same. My friends in Denmark, I, I tried. Nobody uses WhatsApp. It's all iMessage and and. Yeah, because message. of uh, well, it's just because of this uh, technology uh, gap. So the 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 Brazilians use a lot of WhatsApp because they come from the time that y they have to pay to send messages. Mm -hmm. So 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 nobody was messaging anybody because you have to pay per message, yeah. right? And suddenly <laughs> comes WhatsApp and as that suddenly it's free, and then everybody jumps to WhatsApp. While in uh, here in US. The messaging was always in the in the whatever your plan, mm -hmm. so you're not playing paying for that. You're just paying for the you know your your plan. Yeah. So that, I, I think that's the reason. So people got to use it to send messages because they're not paying anyways. And now, so with the Megadeth guys and the all the crew, everybody's messaging. messaging. And then suddenly you have the iMessage that is using the Wi-Fi, and then but it kind of gets mixed. It doesn't matter, you know. Um, yeah, I think that that's basically the reason. And then you can see this happening in many in many situations. Many U.S. There's a lot of old stuff uh, here. Then you go to Brazil or other countries is much more developed. Um, Kiko, uh, like the banking, the banking in U.S. is like so old-fashioned. I, I get is <laughs> crazy. It? Oh man, this is like I feel like an, I'm uh, like 30 years. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> like give me an example of something that winds you up. Give me an example of something that winds you up. Sorry? Give me an example of something that winds you up. Say you go to the cash point and you want to get money out and something happens. Or checks. Checks. You know, I think the Do they last use checks time over I used a check, the last time I used a check in Brazil was like a 95. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, and then here I, I, I have, I, I received checks. Or I have to pay with a check. I said, like, really? <laughs> really? I have to write a piece of paper. You trust more than wiring the money, like online or paying with my credit card. Oh yes, you have to send the check. Oh, that's crazy. Man. And uh, and then it's, it's they trust because I I believe that the system of checks was always very uh, correct and people really trust mm -hmm. and they don't want to shift to the even they have a Apple Pay whatever it doesn't work here. There's, you know nobody used that. Really? You know, a modern, wow, big know. time here in the UK. We all use that. It's great. I have my credit card on my like, phone. It's even a credit card is like it's old machines. So, so everything works uh, the same way maybe in the 90s, you know. <laughs> so 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, tech is the the biggest example. And wiring is very complicated to wire to do wiring transfer. Very expensive. Wow. Comparing to to within other cons- the country. To, so if you just want to like wire money to someone in New York, do you have to pay a fee for that? Oh yeah. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, wiring uh, to other to other banks are like seventeen dollars or something like that. Jeez, that's bizarre. I was going to ask. You know what? And then what do you do if you don't want to spend that? You cut a check. But <laughs> <laughs> then you, they people ask you, oh, then you go to the post office and to send a check. Really? Oh my post God, office? Seriously? <laughs> I thought I was. You know, my mother used to do that. Yeah. So, but if you compare to Brazil, because of a lot of uh, frauds and stuff with checks, you know, mm-hmm. so people don't don't trust the piece of paper. Because you can sign a different name, whatever you can change the number, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you can write anything. Yeah. So the banking in Brazil is way more developed. So I, I think the the banking from '95 in Brazil is more developed than from the banking nowadays in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I'm not. How much tax? How much income tax do, do do you guys in California pay? How much in tax do you have to pay on your on your income? Oh, that's a complicated question. Well, but like percentage. Does it? Do you know, like ten, fifteen? You know, different brackets. Mm. And and I think it's like the you have the state, is like twelve uh, percent. The state right. California is very. Is, is a lot of tax here in California. California is a, uh, is a state, a very expensive state to live. Well, here in the UK, seventeen point five percent. So, that's why a lot of twenty. Huh? Scandinavia, Denmark is 20%. It's a lot. No, but I'm talking about state tax. I'm not talking about federal. Then, oh, then we have the federal. Right, right. So right. we keep that up to 30% or more. Mm-hmm. Or to, it, it, and that depends how much money you earn. Kiko, you, 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 you're talking about like being focused. Uh, there's just one question that I wanted to ask you. Uh, uh, like waking up and being focused and doing this and doing that. What do you do to unwind? What's like a, a perfect lazy day on your books? Like, say, you know what, today I'm just going to be lazy. And what, what, what do you do when you, like, you know, today I'm just... I know it's difficult now with three little kids in the house. Not so little. Livia, she's uh, growing up now. She's quite big. But you have the, the, the little twins. And that, that's probably very difficult for you. But, like, what, what would be a lazy day? I mean, do you... Do you that would be with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, because it's a com- completely different vibe. And it's very uh, reward, we rewarding. It's really, it's great. So it's just go to any park, you know, around the block, you know, just go to a park and just, you know, leave the phone at home, and you know, that mm-hmm. would, that's great, you know, be with the kids would be cool, or just go to, you know, to the beach. I don't do that very often, but would be that. But if I'm alone, uh, that would. Um, the running was a cool thing, but it's no, it's like an acoustic guitar in my hands in a quiet place. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's my meditation. That's for me, it's better than meditating or doing whatever, you know, um, the yoga or something. You mm-hmm. know, it's like being quiet med- in a room with an acoustic guitar. Huh? Being quiet in a room with an acoustic guitar. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's that's cool. You know, um, yeah, or a piano. You know, a piano is, uh, which is more complicated to have around, mm-hmm. a real piano, not a keyboard, but a piano. I'm not a pianist, but I know how to play some stuff. And just like the, it's, it's more like this acoustic, acoustic sound of an instrument, you know, mm-hmm. like the vibration that it gives. When, it, when you connect a cable 
to the instrument, I think it, it loses a lot of, you know, it loses this uh, vibration, you know, the, because when you embrace the acoustic guitar and you have your body connected to that piece of wood that's vibrating and you're creating music at the moment, mm -hmm. and it's very, it's, it's great, it's great. And doesn't is and also it's it cannot be oh let me compose something or let me practice this exercise no not that playing something really whatever simple you know like um, just for the for the re relaxation thing you know the piano is the same way yeah if if you have a grand piano a big piano with the great sound it's just if you just play one note is already you know is like um. It's a meditation thing, which is Amazing. in the meditation, they play a one note, you know, they have this uh, one note vibration thing, you yeah. know. So, yeah, so for me, it would be the, that's the the perfect thing. Good stuff. Kiko, I know you, uh, gosh, I haven't, like, seriously, I have, like, this This has been so interesting, and but I have, like, so many other questions that we're not going to be able to cover it because I think you have someone coming to your house to do some work uh, sometime yeah. soon. So we have some, some, some time restrictions today. But that's good in a way because then we can do it another one over when you're in Europe. You're in Europe again during the summer, right? I'll be in England, yeah. yeah. I will be, yeah. It's, so we uh, can do one face-to-face. Uh, face-to-face, yeah, we can do one live. Gosh, so the, the, cool. basically the, 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 the Dystopia tour, which was uh, supposedly finishing last year, it's just going to carry on for the whole of 2018, it seems. Yeah, they have the summertime, summer uh, summer festivals in Europe and uh, some extra gigs. And this around. tour with Judas Priest as well, right? Exactly, yeah, which is fine. You know, Megadeth and with Judas Priest, Scorpions, all those bands with the legacy they have, they're able to play and tour really without having to show a new album. You know, if you have a new album, great, you can do the tour of the new album, but like 30 years of great music you can keep playing forever you know absolutely and then there's always going to be it's going to be fans and uh, uh people interested to listen to all those songs and i think it's a reflection of the success that dystopia achieved as well like we, is, we didn't even is. manage to talk about uh, about you know your experience at the grammys like jesus christ you you know the first and only Brazilian musician to to, to earn uh, uh, that. And and when you think about it, like, if you just go back to 2013, West Hollywood, you know, uh, just having barbecues and, you know, you playing acoustic <laughs> guitar and yeah. just chatting in the swimming pool and then you fast forward four years after that and you did all the things that you did. It's, it's just it's just amazing, right? It's just phenomenal to it see how, amazing, how yeah. life unveils. It, it is know? amazing, yeah. But it's not the end. Absolutely you know? not. It's just, uh, yeah. yeah. How old are and you now, like Kiko? You're 40, 40? It's the feeling, uh, the, this feeling of, um, uh, and it's a it's an interesting feeling. People ask a lot about that, the Grammys or whatever. We, you know, the Dystopia album was great in the in the charts. It And in the first week of the charts in US, we it was like Adele, Justin Bieber and Megadeth. Wow, <laughs> was, yeah. So it was like third place. And, uh, and many things like these all other other awards and uh, and the Grammys, of course, um, it's great. It's like this moment of happiness, you know, like oh yes, we did something good. You mm -hmm. know? But at the same time, it's like great. So what's next? You what's know? next? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's one of the secrets of, I mean, not not secret, but it's you know we're talking about um, 
all these messages you we hear, you have to be great, you have to practice, you have to do all the stuff that you're talking about. And uh, that's one of the things, you know, you, you cannot be like, okay, I won the Grammy, great, so, and then, you know, next the next minute, it's like, what's next, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, life is the same, you know, I come back home with the Grammys, you know, cool, I can take some pictures and show people, and it's great, and uh, uh, it's good to talk about, it's good for your resume, you know, oh, now it's a Grammy winner guy, cool, you know, maybe helps for some stuff, but life's the same, you know, the kids are crying at the back here, (laughs) and and then... uh, I still struggle with some stuff. I want to, you know, compose new stuff. I want to, you know, be a better father. I want to play better guitar. And it doesn't matter, you know. In the end, a Grammy is a moment. It's a, it's a, it's a, sim, it's a symbolic thing, which is great. And uh, just life keeps... And life is full of these moments of happiness because there's no end or like a real happy life, you know, like so happy you know just like just moments of happiness that makes you uh keep going yeah you know? and it's, it's about living the moment the grammy is a big one and then it was at the moment that we won at the that night and then from the all the other mo- moments like now that you mentioned the grammy is just like yeah it was good you know so it feels good but when When you finish this chat, it's not going to be like a, you know, a kissing the Grammy <laughs> statue here, you know, like the Grammy. <laughs> oh, so that's it, it. You know, like, next. what is next? You know? What is next? Yeah. So what is next? Yeah. What is next? What's going to okay, happen? What is next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that, well, album, new albums that, is there a new album coming up? And well, not anytime soon, I'm sure. But like, is there, is there are there I any think, talks about yeah, it? I think this, this year the idea is more, uh, um, It's more like doing the shows. We have we have some dates with Judas Priest in Mexico and the summertime stuff. And the second half of the year, um, is I don't know yet exactly. Probably some more shows. But in between, you know, like um, doing, trying to get some ideas and then uh, uh, maybe sooner or later getting uh, uh, with Dave. Uh, and then show the ideas and try to compose something or just share uh, ideas, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with him and see what's preparing. He probably, you know, writing something as well. And he's the he's the composer of the band, the main the main composer. So, uh, of course, any any suggestion I, I I might give would be you know after listening what he's doing kind of thing. So. Kiko, uh, so, uh, yeah. Here's going to be like this, you know, uh, discussion about what to do and uh, ideas and preparing for the for the real songs mm-hmm. and then release this year, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Kiko, so uh, to, to wrap up, I have some roller coaster questions which I ask um, uh, all of the guests. So it's kind of like uh, short answers for, for it, just... Uh, Uh, try and give me something short um, and I was going to say uh, I'm, I'm gonna send you actually later on the the sample of the of the beginning of the podcast the intro of the podcast and probably the end because uh, I want I'm, I'm gonna speak to to Raphael I'm gonna speak to you as well I want to use the nothing to say riff guitar riff at the cool. beginning 
because man that's uh that's my one cool. of my all-time favorite guitar riffs ever you know it's just fucking I, I i love it it's just really it's probably my one well not my favorite but like one of my favorite anger songs and and that guitar riff man which it's amazing and i remember a story you told me years ago um that uh, at the time the you changed while you guys were recording Holy Land, uh, you changed in the studio in a day that Andre Andre Matos, the singer in the band at the time, he wasn't present because he liked that you were actually playing. Uh, it was a bit more straight. There was not the, 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 it was a, it was different, and then he didn't want you to change. And then on the day that he was in the studio, you changed the riff to what it what it is. And and he, when he listened to the final mix, he was a little bit pissed off, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, um, it was not that I went to the studio when he was not there. You know, when we were recording guitar, normally the other guys, are, you know, are not there. You know. Yeah. Uh, because it takes days and you know, uh, you know, days and weeks. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we had like a, a very straightforward riff, and then while we were recording. And I had Sasha as a pro pro uh, producer there. We thought, I was like, this is too boring. Like, can I do some <laughs> other stuff? And then start improvising some extra, you know, licks and phrasing in between that straightforward riff. And then Sasha, the producer, said, like, yeah, that's great. That's great. Let's record like this. And then... And then we recorded, and then Andrea, when he came back to the studio and he listened, and said, like, wow, there's too many notes on top of my voice. <laughs> and then uh, it's, it's normal. That's a normal thing that happens at the studio because some you're always proposing stuff, and the other guys of the band maybe are prefer the other idea or the previous idea, or they are like... And then something that happens with music, if you listen too much to one idea, then you start liking that idea, and it's very hard to to change it for a new thing. So we have to have the mindset of, okay, uh, never say no and accept the, all the suggestions and mm -hmm. listen to a, listen for some time before you say no, before you say, I don't like it. You have to listen a few times yeah. because one idea that you listen hundred times against another idea that, that you listen for one, just once, of course the one with the hundred times is gonna win. So only, you know, so not of course, maybe the new idea is like so great that, you know, everybody forgets everything. So in that case, it was too many notes and then it was uh, was on top of the singing, uh, was in the chorus. So Andrea was like concerned about, oh, it's too confusing. But actually, um, the producer liked it and then we, you know, stated the way I you recorded. And, and act it. actually a lot of people like it. And then nowadays and later, uh, it's so common to have complicated riffs on, you know, at the same time the singer is singing like a, some complicated lines. Nowadays, all the bands, the metal bands, are doing a lot of information at the same time. Mm -hmm. But we came from the time that you know it was a steady riff, you know, like all the traditional bands like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Scorpions, uh, you know, open Saxon. chords and singing on top, yeah. Yeah, it used to like it was easier, easier uh, riffs. And then uh, when the singer is singing, you know, and then you have the solo time or like a complicated moment. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that was a good song because Very. of that and because of the the groove that we took from the samba. And it was, uh, you know, the Brazilian music, samba, the style. And then it was an idea from the drummer, Ricardo. It was a great, a great idea. 
So, and that was a song that started me and Ricardo mm-hmm. jamming like a different Brazilian ideas, grooves that trying to be how to be a, like a Brazilian groove with just, you know heavy metal drumming and heavy guitar. guitars and drumming yeah, yeah all that yeah yeah cool uh, Kiko so let's let's do those roller coaster questions then and then uh, you go deal with your plumber or whoever is coming to fix your house <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not a plumber um, no. so uh, do you have or follow any morning routines rituals um, mm, well. Not, not really, not really. Well, I mean, not nothing special, nothing special, you know. Um, sometimes on tour, yes, but it's very complicated. The my life changes all the time. When you're on tour, it depends. You're like flying dates or tour bus. Uh, if you have a lot of days off or not, not many days off. At home nowadays, I'm trying to be like this family guy, uh, in very early in the morning, you know. Mm-hmm. So kids and making the the house the house with three kids is like a is like an enterprise <laughs> so it's a lot of stuff to do and until like you know I, lo- I love to take my daughter to the school and it was just a block away so i walk with her you know it takes 10 minutes uh you know five minutes to walk and back so getting everybody ready uh for this for the day to start and then i then after 8 30 I can start doing whatever I have to do, you know. What's so your, now I'm, yeah. yeah so I, you know, uh, I try. I, it's not like very consistent, but I normally don't eat in the morning. If is that's your question? Oh, you don't eat. Yeah, you simply skip. I was going to ask you skip breakfast. Yeah, it depends. Some sometimes not, but yeah, I skip re- breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having a coffee. Um, yeah, coffee. Black coffee. coffee. It depends. <laughs> now I'm, I'm now I'm home for for a while, so I'm I'm I did I'm trying to go to the gym like in the morning, mm-hmm. so I might eat a little something, you know, little mm-hmm. th- something, you know, to go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, but when I'm on tour, it's, that's luxury to go to the gym in the morning. You know, you never know. Maybe you're like in an airport. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so it's it's a crazy schedule. So it's hard for me to be very consistent. But yeah, so that's that's the thing, you know. Cool. And because being U.S., I have a lot of uh, things still in Brazil going on, and uh, I have an assist, uh, assistant in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So to talk to her because of the time difference of six hours. So normally in the morning, I try to do kind of a, more the business stuff mm-hmm. or talking uh, because of the six, you know, nine six in the morning is already three p.m. in Brazil. So. Mm-hmm. banks or whatever is going to close you know so yeah. morning time has to be more like this uh emails or messaging or or something like that you know yeah, with um, the yeah. Bu- bureaucracies daily daily bureaucracies um kind of. what's your spiritual practice if any at all spiritual you mean no like any. if you have any any spiritual practice if you if you meditate, if you pray, if you believe in God, if you don't believe in God, if you have any 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 spiritual any anything connected to spirituality. Well, the meditation did it for a while. In that time that I said in Finland, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did. I couldn't. I just. I don't feel like meditating. Meditation in the middle of the afternoon, and uh, but in the morning was good. But nowadays it's just impossible uh, with the babies. <laughs> I just want to help. You know, I just don't want to be like imagine. that guy that you know leaves the babes crying, crying and, like, and you meditate in the room next door. Doesn't feel. 
<laughs> doesn't feel like very peaceful. And I think all this religion stuff I, I, is, uh, is uh, well, the family here is everybody's uh, uh, Christian. My wife comes from a f- Christian family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was raised Catholic. But I think there's a um, there's a religions thing. We have this uh, idea of being something more private, and um, I think it's more kind of a Finnish thing to mm-hmm. keep it private and not I don't know, not like making uh, like a marketing thing out of it, mm-hmm. or you know, and um, yeah. Fair play. What uh, would someone who doesn't like you say about you? Uh, sorry. What would someone who doesn't like you say about you? Doesn't like me? Like uh, what do you mean? Like a hater or well, something? Well, yeah, someone that just uh, yeah don't like you. Uh, well, they they probably from your from from, from, from from your point of view, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I don't know. That I suck. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to play guitar. I I don't know. Or maybe uh, you're not a good Street Fighter player. Uh, that guy nice. in Brazil, what's his name? Uh, Nando. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but the thing, basically, that I know, I'm very, I'm a shy, I'm very shy. And uh, one thing, and some other thing that that I discover later, later, and uh, when I'm, which is very complicated for me because my my work, when I'm around people. I tend to be introspective. So if, if there's a lot of energy around, if I'm in a party, in a you know, in a club, in a pub, around a lot of fans, in a you know, confusing you know, whatever autograph se- session or something like that, I, te- I tend to be very introspective, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then that's a problem. Although I like to be in the place. I just feel I'm not this guy that hey you know like start you know talking loud and hanging with people. I'm not this guy. I just don't know how to be like this. Mm-hmm. And this is a kind of a personality thing to be like this introspective or whatever energetic guy, you know. And uh, and some people might so if understand you do any in kind of test, if you do any kind of test, this test for that, you know, it's always going to show that I'm very un- introspective, mm-hmm. and I don't like that. I can be very energetic, energetic on stage, or uh, but that's me with me. Around a lot of people is very hard. I I like to be in a table with, you know, four or five people, in a quiet place, and talking. Yeah. Like in a normal level, I don't like to go to a pub and you know, um, you know, the, you know, clubs and talking loud and this kind of things. A, a lot of noise and I, I ju- just don't like it. I don't, I don't feel good. So, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lot in those situations, as you can imagine. You yeah. know, backstage with a lot of people or going to, you know, release parties or whatever. So it's always like I'm not feeling so comfortable in those places, mm-hmm. and I even don't know that. I don't. And then I tend to be like very quiet, and then it's it sounds like I'm, a, you know, you know. Yeah, people whatever. might take it. Yeah, my my think you perhaps a a bit arrogant or a bit you know don't want to arrogant whatever. Yeah. Not being, I just don't, I just don't. It's just your personality. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know how to be like being like super smiley and talking to everybody at the same time, and 
it's very hard. It just for me is hard, but I, I I do my best. I do my best, but always under pressure. That's what happens to me. You know, there's more people than is the opposite. Mm-hmm. But I try to you know to correct that sometimes. But it's just the right thing would be just to try to avoid those situations. And then, uh, but I love to be with the fans. But I like to be like. You know, in a proper, you know, the fans in a proper line, in a quiet place, you know, like this kind of meet and greet yeah, thing. Yeah, organized. Then, yeah, that's, that's great. Then it's great, you know. Cool. Uh, what's your view about uh, money? What? Um, what's your view about money? Uh, one, like how a statement. S- yeah, how, how, how do you see money? What, what? I see it as, um, as a freedom to do what you want and I see as a a safe net mm-hmm. so I don't see money as um, to buy things you know I don't care but for me it's like having money or having whatever money doesn't mean to I, I'm not saying to have a lot of money or something it's like I can do what I want mm-hmm. you know that's and uh, and I'm, I'm I'm safe I have the money if this guy you know, if I want to do like a, a jazz album for, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. I can do it. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I have the money to, to, to do it and then I don't need to to go to work in a, you know, well, like in a corner shop mm-hmm. to make money. So, and obviously in, having the money to support regard, your So I can do well. whatever I want. I can't say no to a proposal, you know. I, can't, I don't want to do that. No. I, I'm not going to do that for the money. You have the option so, of this freedom choosing. Mm-hmm. Of doing whatever I want and working with, uh, with who I want to work with. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then being, feeling safe. You know, mainly to say no to things, feeling safe to, you know, to feel life is good. Not buying things. It's just like, I can support myself, I can support my family, and it's all good. And uh, don't need to be a fancy life. I don't need to have a boat, not in like a super fancy house with a marble from you know whatever. <laughs> you know this. I don't. I don't care. You know. I really don't care. And um, yeah. So money for me is like, and I that's it comes from the family. This you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my family was always you know everybody in my family is kind of like that so. Good. Yeah. What kind of food do you go for when in need of a treat? When you want to have a treat, say, yeah, tonight, you know, people say tonight is pizza night or tonight I'm going to have burgers or tonight I'm going to eat the 12 bo- a box of 12 Krispy Kreme donuts or something like that. What, uh, what, what would you choose? None of those. No donuts, don't like it. Pizza is good, depending on the place. Yeah, the good pizza is good. But burgers, I, I don't eat burgers. I don't like it. I just don't like it. So, yeah, it would be a good a good meal in a good restaurant, you know, like good fish or, I know, now I don't eat meat for, for a year and a half or two years almost. Yeah, that's great. So, so um, yeah, so good fish, yeah. A proper meal, proper food. Proper, yeah, food, you know, mm-hmm. or it could be like a, a Brazilian style, like rice and beans and, you know, good, you know, 
Well, I don't eat meat but, now. But, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's complicated. But, but, you, but, don't, but don't you have like, don't you eat, say, you know, I mean, a chocolate bar, there's a chocolate bar that you really like and then when you see it, you normally don't buy it but then, you know, sometimes you pass by in the supermarket counter and then you just, yeah, like, you know yeah, what? Yeah, of course. There's like this supermarket here called Trader Joe's mm-hmm. and uh, man, they have like a lot of, you know, cakes and chocolate bars and it's amazing. One thing that I, if you give me 20, I would eat all this uh uh, protein bars and cereal bars and this kind of bars. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I just, uh, I'm quite addicted to those stuff, you know, or nuts or, mm-hmm. oh, I told you once, you know, just give me like this, you know, the, you know, nuts and I can eat like nonstop. Nonstop. You know, very day, compulsive. Yeah. yeah. Kiko, good stuff, cool. man. Thanks very much right, for this man. chat. That was great. That was really, really good. I still have a list of things that I wanted to ask you, but we're going to do it next time. And next time, uh, thanks for your time, brother. And uh, yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you in the summer here in England. Okay, man. Thank thanks you. Thanks very much. Cheers. Okay, bye-bye.